Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Flower, back with episode three of Nenting Essentials with Jason Randall. How are you, Jason? I'm doing great, Marvin. Thanks. Spent the day fishing with Mac Brown and and uh, boy, it's it's been a great day. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, folks, episode three, we're going to talk about detecting the strike. We've already talked about getting in the zone and getting the drift. But this time we're going to spend all of our time on detecting the strike. And, you know, I guess, Jason, the best place to start is, you know, why do most anglers miss fish? Well, I think if you look at the first illustration um, that we put in for tonight's episode, you can see that when we use suspension devices, which is uh, a default for, for many of us nymph anglers, there is an inherent delay that's built into those um, as far as when the fish picks up the fly from when we register the strike. And we want to blame ourselves and say, wow, I'm just, I'm, maybe I'm not good at this. But in, in reality, there, there, it's a faulty system. Um, there, is a, there is a delay and that causes us to miss fish yeah and that really happens even if you don't use weight right because there's that little strip of water at the top of the water column that's moving faster than the water at the surface right that's right that's right and that creates a lot of subsurface flat a slack between our strike indicator and our, our our flies and we think that when we're fishing with a suspension device if we mend and there's no drag between us and the strike indicator meaning that there's no drag that we can see that we have a, a perfect drift in that we're going to register those strikes. But in reality, as you look at either the illustration that we put up for tonight or the photos from prior episodes, um, if you look at those, you know that, that um, not only is our drift not as good, we're not reaching goals one and two, but that slack um, that we see subsurface between our our strike indicator and our flies is creating um, um, our our missed strikes. It's it's really the fault of the system. Yeah, and it's interesting too because I know a lot of people sometimes will try to compensate by using more weight, and that actually makes the problem even worse. Well, it can. I mean, more weight is not always the answer. Balancing the rig, uh, we talked about a little bit prior, um, but having uh, a small um, suspension device, a small suspension device that will float our flies, and then balancing it with the right amount of weight so that we um, we stay in the strike zone, reaching goals one and two. But also, by doing so, we eliminate some of that slack um, that that creates the problem in reaching goal three, which is strike detection. So the more connected we are to our flies, the better our strike detection will be. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I shared this story with you before, but you know, I usually will go fish with my boys. We kind of have a standing fishing date between Christmas and New Year's, and I can remember watching uh, my oldest son fish and the water was really clear and we were fishing kind of junk flies. So they were easy to see. And I can remember literally watching the trout eat and spit out an egg about a half a dozen times and the indicator never moved. Yep. And that happens a lot. Um, there, the, the fault is in the system. It's a faulty system, but now that we know that this is a problem, then the fault goes to us. You know, it's, uh, so far, We've been we've been led astray by an inaccurate system, but now um, now it becomes our fault because now we know about the problem and then you know we have solutions that we can fix. Yeah. Do you believe in a sixth sense? 
(laughs) (laughs) I used to. Uh, I used to. But I think really more and more I believe in the powers of of observation and trusting yourself, Um, knowing that that little movement that that is registered uh, in our strike detection method, whatever it is, what we're using, could be a fish. And I think that um, one of the guides said that I began fishing with probably 25 years ago, and I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, he told me hook sets are free. And if you think that it could have been the bottom or it might have been a fish, go ahead and set that hook. Um, and if it's not a fish, well, then it's simply the beginning of a new cast. And uh, hook sets are free, um, set the hook. And so I think. Um, you know, the, in the evolution of becoming a, a more complete nymph angler, I think it's learning to trust yourself and um, going ahead and setting that hook. And if it's not a fish, that's okay. There's a lot of times where I'm nymph fishing and I don't get through um, three out of four drifts without setting the hook because that could have been a fish. And maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But if it's not a fish, it's simply the beginning of a new cast. Yeah. And I think the great thing too, particularly fishing barbless flies is, you know, you really don't need a lot to set the hook. And so like for me, you know, I just think about, you know, I start lifting and if I feel tension, I keep lifting. Right. But if you don't, you can just put your flies back. That's right. That's right. And a a lot of times a hook set uh, is relevant to where it occurs during that drift. If, if, if I, a presumed strike occurs uh, um, when the when the fly or the drift is still upstream of my position. A simple lift is all you need to do to set that hook. But if the the strike should occur below my position and the drift is already passed um, downstream of me, a lift might end up pulling that fly out of the fish's mouth. And so my hook set from a downstream position when I am uh, above the fish and the, and the strike would occur downstream of me would be usually a horizontal sweep um, over my shoulder um, rather than lifting directly um, because I think I'd get more fish hooked up that way. Yeah, got it. And so, you know, we've identified the problem. You know, what are your suggestions for improving strike detection? Well, I think... Uh, depending on the method that you're using, um, I think when when the opportunity presents itself, using some type of a tight line, um, you know, Euro nymphing style of of nymph fishing um, is probably allows the greatest connectivity to our flies, minimizing subsurface slack, um, and I think that gives us. Uh, the most accurate um, and sensitive strike detection. When we're going to use alternative methods, and again, it's a water that tells us when we need um, to use one method over another. Um, but when I'm using a long-range nymphing method where I cannot use um, a Euro nymphing or a tight line type of, of nymphing, uh, I think balancing that rig using the smallest strike detector um, that will will float my flies and enough weight to reach goals one and two of of contact with the strike zone, I think those tend to be more sensitive and more subtle uh, as far as picking up and registering those um, those strikes that are softer. And uh, I like. I like yarn indicators that are um, have a small footprint in the water, and I think those can really register those those subtle and softer strikes. Yeah, and we talked to you before that there also, you know, there's certainly a way that like New Zealand yarn indicators float 
when you've got a good drift. But, you know, like I know Dave Whitlock designed an indicator. There are quite a few that almost have a mm-hmm. need, a needle, right? That kind of tells you yep. where your flies are, right? Right. Dave Whitlock's is a telestrike, and it's a very good um, indicator. I think there's a lot of good commercial indicators available. New Zealand is certainly one of them. If I'm going to use a plastic, um, I like airlocks. I think they're they're uh, a lot more adjustable, and uh, we make those adjustments based on on water type and depth. And I think if you have a, a an indicator system that's more adjustable, you you will make more adjustments based on the circumstances you face. And I think those are all really really good choices. Um, I think I think again having something that is small enough and sensitive enough to register the subtle strike strike strikes vary greatly based on the water in fast moving water that trout is going to just stick his nose out from under cover or up into the current grab that fly and duck and those strikes tend to be a lot more abrupt and a lot more obvious it's the subtle strikes in slower moving water that are hard to register because that trout can just kind of drift with the fly and 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 kind of suck that fly in by flaring the gills and they can eject it just as fast by coughing it out. Those are the strikes that are harder to detect. And that's where we really need the most subtle um, or the most sensitive strike detection method. And I think that's where the yarns and um, the New Zealand style indicators really excel. Yeah. And, and Jason, what are your thoughts on like drop shot rigs, right? Where you're basically, you know, putting sp- uh, chains of split shot at the bottom of your rig to kind of tighten things out under the indicator. Well, you know, there's a time and place for most of, of these techniques and drop shotting can be super effective. It, it definitely reaches goals one and two, and it reaches a strike zone, and I think you can get a good drift with it. But when we add mass to our rig like that, I think we dull the sensitivity of that as well. So if I'm if I'm looking for a little more finesse, uh, then drop shotting would certainly not be um, you know where I would turn. Yeah, I got it. And you know, we talked about hook sets are free. Uh, we talked about kind of how we would set the hook uh, with uh, the fly being upstream of our position and how we would set the hook if the if the fly was downstream of our position. Anything else you want to kind of share with folks on kind of, you know, setting the hook once you detect the strike? Sure. You know, I think I think there's a there's a really uh, an underappreciated uh, value to playing fish as well keeping the fish as short as possible, you know, not just uh, holding the rod in a high rod position and letting that fish, you know, tumble downstream and, and, and uh, getting ahead of it. I think uh, trying to, to master the fight is, is uh, un- often underappreciated. Get control of that fish. I like to keep that fish. I like to steer the fish and keep him on a relatively short leash while I play him. I like to stay abreast of the fish. I don't like the fish to go well upstream or well downstream of where I am. I tend to, uh, to try to follow the fish. If it's a big fish and he's going downstream, try to keep him as short um, as possible and try to stay abreast of the fish. And then as you um, steer that fish um, towards the net, uh, I think again, uh, that's something we want to, to make sure as anglers we have control of that and not letting the fish dictate the fight, trying to, to be in charge. Yeah, got it. And so are you a big fan of uh, side pressure? 
I am. I am. I think when we hold that uh, rod straight over our head and straight upright, that's kind of neutral. Um, and if we're trying to direct that fish by holding that rod horizontal, I think we have uh, more influence in the fight. And I think we can take control of that and keep, you know, keep the fish where we want them and then guide the fish and steer the fish into a position where it's easier for us to net them. Uh, we don't want to net that fish necessarily in fast water. We want to try to get him to the point where we're not fighting the fish and the current together when we're trying to net them. Yeah, I think, you know, too, I think, you know, folks, what we're really saying, too, is you get the ability to bend the rod really deep down the blank to the handle. Um, and, oh, yeah. and you're still protecting the tippet, but you're able to put a lot more pressure um, than if you basically have the tip high and you just have the tip of the rod bent maintaining tension. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Marvin. I think, you know, the spine is where we play the fish. The, the tip is what protects the fish. And so um, getting that fish into the, you know, the, the flex of the rod into the lower part of the rod is going to, to bring that fish to net quicker. And it's going to be easier on the fish as well. We're not going to fight that fish to exhaustion to the point where it's depleted and can't recharge uh, once we release them. Yeah, and I guess the only thing else I can think of is, you know, not to change direction unnecessarily because you're just basically making the hole that the hook is in looser and looser, right? That's right. Yeah. And the barbless hooks, I'm a big believer in barbless hooks, but you're going to lose a few fish and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really okay with that because I think it is easier on the fish and, and trying to play the fish um, to, you know, to net quicker without exhausting that fish is is just a, a, another sign of respect for, for the trout that we try to catch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, folks, we love questions. And remember the promotion that we're doing. If you send questions to us and DM me on Instagram, that's the easiest way. I'm keeping track of all the questions. And everyone that submits a question will be entered in a drawing for a signed copy of Jason's book, Nymph Masters. And then we're going to select a handful of the, the best questions. And those are going to be in our final Q&A episode. And those folks will be in a drawing for a TFO stealth rod and reel combo loaded with an SA Euro nymphing line. So super cool. Send us your questions. We've gotten a ton of questions. And also, you know, Jason, we definitely want to thank our friends at TFO and SA for supporting us in this. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, we can't say enough about that. Uh, these are are great companies that invest a lot in education in our sport and, and really innovative companies that uh, are working hard to bring new products and, and uh, good products uh, to our sport. And, and I think that really uh, is a point to be emphasized. Absolutely. And folks, you know, we're pretty much everywhere in the United States now, you know, at least feels like spring <laughs> for most people. And you owe it to yourself to get out there and practice some of the things we've been talking about and go out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Jason. Thank you.